0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else.
1: Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. Jason, how was your week?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, work. End of July, moving into August. Yeah. A million and five degrees outside. You know, the he, usual. Only
1: a million and five. I thought it was a million and six, but you know. Felt like
0: it, right? <laughs> That's with heat index. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The heat index. <laughs> interesting week this week in, in wrestling. Uh, yeah. There was a release, and I think we're going to save it for a few minutes. We'll go through the shows before we talk about the release, but an unexpected and interesting release, which has led to some.
0: Well. Expected, but not the way it was done.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Okay, what are we drinking this week?
0: So, since the entire world has decided that you know we're over COVID and we're totally not, um, you see things like Florida had its highest single day, people getting sick with it, and you know all this kind of stuff going on. We decided we would go back and do a gin and tonic again. We did it last year during the pandemic. Like right at the beginning. So we're going to do it again. Um, not saying that quinine, or one, not saying that there's even any quinine in tonic water anymore. Yeah. Two, not saying that that really has any effect on COVID anyway. But, you know. Well, it's just the, the idea that the cure
1: could be found in something as unsuspecting as a tree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, the cure can be found at your local, well, not the cure, but the prevention, I guess, can be found at your local CVS, your local Walmart, your local health department Mm -hmm. in the form of these things called vaccinations that you take. You you mean you can get a
1: vaccine and probably not get sick?
0: Yeah, exactly. Or if you are the 0.03%, no, sorry, my bad, 0.07% that do get sick after getting vaccinated um, for all anything that's out there. It's basically no worse than a cold at that mm. point. Uh, you know, of course your, your immune system has a jump on it uh, and you just don't suffer the ill effects as bad. Uh, and like, and, said, and the ill
1: effects being just, just so we were clear death.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> very, very big side effects, you know, uh, of getting COVID, you know, death. Yes. Um, uh, then you can't go to the shows. You can't go. You can't go to to Chicago in September and watch CM Punk make his debut for AEW. Maybe
1: as Maybe. as you have said, <laughs> yes, and and as we discussed prior to coming on the air, we will believe that CM Punk is in AEW. Not when his music hits and he walks down to the ring. No, when the bell rings and he locks up with somebody.
0: Yeah, I'm not believing has it until a match. he locks up because <laughs> even if he's just in the ring. I don't believe it. (laughs) Um, So I guess we can run through uh, the week of wrestling and then talk about our mysterious release that we were discussing. Yeah. So let us
1: start with um, Monday Night Raw. Our new women's champion, Nikki A.S.H. I just want to say Ash, but it's A.S.H. Like They make
0: it because they put the periods in there.
1: She opens the show... um, And Charlotte kind of challenges her. So we're going to see Nikki Ash, A-S-H, versus Charlotte a little later in the show. Uh, We see Damian Priest versus Sheamus, where um, Damian Priest gets the win. We get uh, AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles. Of course, the champions retain, and AJ Styles and Omos get the win. Uh, we get to see Veer versus Drew McIntyre, and that's one of the uh, Super Bollywood Boys.
0: The uh, Super Bollywood Boys.
1: <laughs> well, you know, love it. Um, McIntyre won, but it was by disqualification after interference from Jinder Mahal. Um, we see Eva Marie and Dewdrop versus Natalia and Tamina, where uh. Tamina gets the win. It looks like Natalia may have been injured, um, but we're not really sure. I haven't, don't think I've seen anything saying whether she's truly injured, Natalia, if she tweaked anything. She
0: posted a, a picture on her Twitter of an X-ray of her ankle. Okay, um, but it didn't look broken or anything. Like yeah, that. so
1: maybe she's down for a couple of weeks and comes back. And yeah, she fine. put
0: she po- said it was like a heart of gold, something, and bones of iron. Something like that. Bones of steel, something like that. Yeah, uh,
1: we saw Keith Lee versus Carrying Cross. Where Carrying Cross gets the win. Um, unfortunately, we see Mason T Bar versus Mansoor and Mustafa Ali, where Mansoor actually gets the the win there, much to Ali's chagrin and as well as Mason T Bar. Um, we see Bobby Lashley uh, versus. I must have missed this match. Bobby Lashley versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin?
0: Yeah, um, it was very easy to miss. It was about 35 seconds long.
1: Okay. Of course, Lashley gets the win. Like I I, I seriously have no recollection of this match at all. (laughs) Riddle versus uh, John Morrison, where um, John Morrison gets the win after Omos and AJ Styles came out and almost breaks Randy's scooter mm-hmm. over his knee. And that was Monday Night Raw.
0: Uh, we moved on to NXT on Tuesday, of course. We started with Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Pete Dunne and Oni Lorkin. where Dunne and Lorkin win uh, due to some interference. We see Samoa Joe come out and address... The situation that's going on, uh, which we're going to talk about that in a little more detail. We had the breakout tournament with Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs, where Carmelo Hayes wins and moves on to the second round. Uh, We had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez cut a promo. We're shocker of shocks. Dakota Kai turned on Raquel. Um, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro versus Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea, where, uh, Caden Carter and, uh, Catanzaro actually win, Mm -hmm. which was very shocking. Uh, Imperium versus Hit Row, uh, where Imperium wins, another kind of shocking thing considering how they're pushing Hit Row right now. Yeah. Then we had Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole, where Adam Cole won. And that was NXT.
1: All right, so moving on to AEW, we start off the show, surprisingly so, with the 10-man ten, uh, ten tag team elimination match between the Elite and Hangman Page and the Dark Order. Um, the Elite get the win, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Stark celebrates his FTW uh, championship victory and then gets run out of the ring uh, by Cage. Not Christian Cage. Ryan Cage. Um, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR, where FTR defeated Santana and Ortiz. We um, get the IW, IWGP United States Championship match. Lance Archer versus, and I'm going to butcher this, Hikulo? Hikalea. Hikalea? Yeah. Okay. H I K U L E O. Um That's uh, Haku's kid. That's um, all you need to know. <laughs> that's, that's all you need He's to know. He's also like
0: nine foot tall.
1: The, uh, the murder bird got the win there. Uh, Archer. The Murderbird. bird. <laughs> uh, we then get a uh, trios match. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office. Where uh, Cage and Jurassic Express get the win. We see Thunder Rosa versus, I don't know, some rando out of the crowd. Uh, Julia Hart, uh, who's with the Varsity Blondes. Blondes. She's a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, Thunder Rosa, of course. Um, Then we have the main event of the evening, and and I'm glad that this was the main event. This didn't deserve to be anywhere else on the card. The no-rules match. Chris Jericho versus MDK all day, Nick Gage. We did not get to see what I was begging all for of us
0: were begging for
1: in the former Zack Ryder making an appearance. Because Matt Cardona over the weekend beat Nick Gage for the GCW.
0: And he has been healing it up so bad. <laughs>
1: I really just wanted to see Matt Cardona make an appearance, but we didn't get that. Jericho gets the win after just an absolutely brutal match. Uh, Dominoes may be pulling their support from AEW because, um, yeah. because of this match. Yeah, Nick Gage got to show off Nick Gage, even if it was a toned down
0: Nick Gage. And then, then we found out what the third trial will be, which seems like uh, a very much a step down. Yeah. Which we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. If this was 20 years ago, the third trial would be awesome. Yeah. But let's talk about SmackDown, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about all of this other stuff.
0: So we moved to SmackDown. We had John Cena starting off with a promo where he gets interrupted by Baron Corbin. It was actually a decent promo, which I do want to talk about. We had Rey Mysterio versus Jimmy Uso where Rey wins. Sasha comes back out and... Hugs Bianca Belair. Yay, Sasha's back. Yay, she's a face. Uh, we had Reggie versus Chad Gable for the 24-7 title where Reggie won by DQ In a 24-7 match? Okay. um, We had the contract signing for Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Spoiler alert, that's not what we're getting. Um, We had a six-man tag match of Biggie, Cesaro, and King Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and Apollo, where the faces win. Seth Rollins attacked Edge in a promo. Then we had a tag team match that was set up from the Sasha Banks-Bianca thing earlier with Bianca and Sasha versus Carmella and Zelina Vega, where Sasha and Belair win, and then Banks attacks... Uh, Air afterwards. She was a what? heel all along. No. no,
1: She saved her earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Surely you're you're wrong.
0: No. Huh.
1: It's almost like everybody everywhere literally called that the yeah. second as Sasha made her.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the, fir- the first thing let's talk about. Let's talk about this release that we teased. WWE mm-hmm. has come to terms with the release of Wyndham Rotunda.
1: You may know him better as Bray Wyatt.
0: But it was just Bray Wyatt. They didn't release The Fiend.
1: You know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think Nick Foley said it, Mick Foley said it best. Mm -hmm. They have lost a creative genius. Yes. Everything from the whole Bray Wyatt character, so everything post-Husky-Harris, Has been Wyndham Rotunda. Yes. How, how you lose this man, how you never figure out how to make him work. Right. Every, and I mean every single incarnation of this character was over. The only one who wasn't maybe just over, and and it was just maybe not just a little bit, and that was because you never really saw it. Was when he was teaming with Matt
0: Hardy. Yeah, when he was the deleter, when they were the deleter of worlds. Yeah. Um, Back in 1991, at Slent, or at Survivor Series that year, mm-hmm. there was a person that joined the, the heel side of the Survivor Series team. He was a very tall, red-headed guy.
1: Mean Mark Callis.
0: Y- yes, but <laughs> he was named The Undertaker. And he had this this was, you know, early 90s so we're just beginning to get out of that that era of wrestling where everybody had a day job.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Repo Man.
0: Right. You know. So we have this this evil character. Cuz let's be fair here, Undertaker throughout his entire career with maybe the exception of when he was calling himself evil was an evil character. Yeah. Face or heel, he was an evil character. So, if you if you play D&D, you
1: look at the alignment chart, he's definitely on the evil side.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you have the undertaker and he he survived 30 years of mm-hmm. this gimmick.
1: Sometimes better than others. Sometimes
0: better than others, for sure.
1: You know and he he managed but to to grow the gimmick and and change it. he evolve.
0: survived this supernatural controlling lightning dead man gimmick for thirty years. Mm-hmm. that is a death sentence gimmick to anybody, yeah, and he pulled it off
1: and not only did he pull it off, he, he became an icon of the yeah. sport
0: anybody. Anybody who's not a wrestling fan can probably name The Undertaker as a wrestler. Yeah. And, ask, and, this is, and this is without the fact that The Undertaker was never a mainstream figure like Hogan or any of those were yeah. because of the mystique of the character, right? So let's flash forward to mid-2000s. And we have mid-2000s? It was a uh, little uh, later 2010, than that. somewhere in there, 20, 2011. Yeah. We have this dude on NXT named Husky Harris who becomes Bray Wyatt. Becomes this supernatural, serial killer, Cape Fear, successor to Waylon Mercy. Best, best incarnation of the gimmick, by the way. Yeah. Hands down. Um, and does amazing things. You get, You have Brody. You have Rowan with him. Mm-hmm. You end up with Strowman with him. You know, one of the one of the biggest big guys out there. Yeah. Certainly one of the strongest
1: big guys oh, out there.
0: Oh, for sure. Dude flips. I mean, he flipped a semi. He flipped a, you know, during, yeah. during all this kind of stuff. You have this thing going on. The wrestling world was like, oh my God, this is the next big evil. This is the next big thing. And WWE shit the bed with it. Like, then he reinvents himself. As uh the fiend. Mm-hmm. We have the deleter of worlds in there, but you know, yeah, that, well, I mean like that was about, just that carnation. Was weird. Yeah, that was all pull of the Bray Wyatt Eater of Worlds thing. Yeah, then then we re, he reinvents himself as the fiend, and we have these these Firefly funhouse things. We have one of the best cinematic matches ever of him versus John Cena, which is a complete deconstruction of John Cena as a trope. Yeah. It was amazing. Amazing. Bray Wyatt could have been the next Undertaker. Bray Wyatt could be the guy that we're talking about in 30 years as the evil force of WWE. And they tried everything they could to ruin him. And they succeeded. I I still don't
1: even think they succeeded in ruining him. Because I think had The Fiend came back... Last week, when we were in front of yeah. fans again, I think all the the
0: fireflies yeah. are still there. the The comment was made on Twitter about Bray Wyatt that, or by Mickey James of all people. Bray Wyatt invented the Fiend whole cloth. Mm-hmm. Then WWE took his gimmick, gave it to Alexa. No offense to Alexa. No, and she's, she, and she's, she's crushing Mickey, it. Mickey even puts this in there. She likes Alexa. She thinks Alexa's crushing it with this gimmick. And
1: working hard. She's one of the hardest workers, blah, blah, blah. They took this
0: gimmick from Bray mm-hmm. to put it on Alexa because they thought it could be more marketable. And now here goes Bray. That's what happens when the WWE is currently being run by uh, a talent agent as the WWE president. Who looks at these people and says, we're paying them X, but we're getting a return of Y, get rid of them. Yeah, it it comes down to,
1: you You have Nick Khan as the CEO, and, and I don't remember her name, and, and I apologize, but you have the current CFO, who do not come from a wrestling background, and not you're not saying that they have to, but...
0: You they don't have don't, to, but you have to know what you're into.
1: They they don't understand wrestling and the ebbs and flows and how, yeah, okay, this character currently is off TV, so he's not generating money. But if we bring this character back, we're going to be selling masks. We're going to be selling X. So why aren't we bringing him back? Well, we just don't understand his character.
0: They created They created the fiend belt, right? We we joked about it when it first came around. $6,400 for this thing. Yeah. It was a one-of-a-kind, well, ten-of-a-kind, basically. Cause yeah. I think they only made ten or twelve. Something, or something like, that. like that. Of these things that were made by Tom Savini, legendary horror uh, movie creator. Um, They sold them all. Yeah. You,
1: give me... You turn out me... a $200 version of that?
0: Yeah. And you you mass-produce it? You sell out. Give me one other character... That had a special belt, other than Daniel Bryan, in recent history, that could do something like that.
1: You saw my eyes, and you knew you'd have to.
0: Because <laughs> I mean, Daniel Bryan did the the Eco Belt. No, it went up for like four fifty five hundred, something like that. It didn't sell out, but they sold a ton of them. Um, but you know, we go back. You've had the Spinner Belt. You've had the Smoking Skull Belt. You've had all these things, and they've done very well. But none of those, the Spinner none of them Bell were $6,400, yeah. and none of them sold out like that.
1: How many people in the world love horror? A lot. A lot. A lot of people do. Bray Wyatt crossed genres. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt could have done with The Fiend what they wanted to do with Kane back in 2005 yeah, with Sino like, Evil. Yeah. Sino Evil. Uh, Cena evil, Cena evil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I don't understand. their... I don't either. So, so, so we we they let Daniel Bryan go. Okay, it was going to take a lot to keep Daniel Bryan. Daniel but Bryan ske- said
0: he wanted a le- a lower or a, a softer schedule mm-hmm. and the same money. WWE let him go.
1: He's immediately assuming assuming the rumors are true. He's immediately signed to Eddie AE, AEW. Yeah. Probably as as he could. for as well, much or not more as, soon as he
0: could. But he signed to AEW.
1: Probably for as much or more than what he was getting from WWE or what he was asking for from right. WWE.
0: Well, the better I think the better comparison here recently is Tommy End. Cuz Daniel Bryan let his contract run out. Daniel Bryan technically could have shown up on a e w the next day, yeah, Tommy End had a was released mm-hmm two days after his no compete ran out, he kicked Cody's head off, yeah, I think that's a better comparison here, you know, well, and the only
1: reason I went with Daniel Bryan is because draw. he's a bigger draw as much as you and I love Malachi black yeah, Tommy wrong. End. Daniel Bryan, I I compare Daniel Bryan to Bray
0: Wyatt because they're on similar levels in my opinion. That brings me to another question, though. You know, you see all of these rabid fanboys online talking about now, oh, AEW's just becoming a dumping ground for WWE's uh, people. Those are the people. Where else are they supposed to go? They're not supposed to go anywhere. The people saying that,
1: AEW's just becoming a dumping ground for former WWE guys, those are their diehard wwe fans or they are the i screw anything wwe independent only
0: yeah because
1: so you're never going to make those guys happy but you have some of the best workers in daniel bryan and alistair black uh or, or malachi black now christian cage He adds legitimacy to your product. Whether he's been utilized correctly, whether you think that he should be in AEW or not. The man is a legend of the sport.
0: I would argue that Christian Cage is more of a TNA guy than a WWE guy when it comes right down to it. He did more in TNA than he ever did in WWE.
1: As a solo guy, absolutely.
0: You know, I mean, yeah, he was part of Edge and Christian. He was part of that, the the Attitude Era film, the Hardy Boys and the Dudleys, you know, but. He was more of a star in TNA than he ever was in WWE.
1: Oh, yeah. I Um, I agree. But, you know, Christian adds legitimacy to AEW. And and, and they need that because they're trying to build
0: stars. And you and I have talked about this recently. Well, recently-ish. AEW has to have those named people to draw other fans to their product. Nobody is what, and, and as much as I love him, as much as you know, nobody's watching AEW right now because oh my god, they signed Darby Allen. Oh my god, they signed Jungle Boy. Those, Those were the independent. rabid
1: independent fans, absolutely. Yeah, your WWE your fans, average who? wrestling
0: fan. Who is that? Yeah, they need the oh my god, AEW signed Daniel Bryan, signed Chris Jericho, signed John well, Moxley. and that's
1: that's what Jericho did. At the beginning. That's yeah. what Moxley continued at the beginning. And then now you have Christian come in. Oh, Christian's in AEW? I, you can argue. We could sit here and argue all day that they botched Christian yeah. and that they've continued to botch but Christian, there. but he's there. Um You need those
0: names that people our age mm-hmm. remember from WWE. We see that and we go, oh, cool. They're wrestling in, in AEW. Let's go watch that. Then when I'm there to watch Jericho, I'm there to watch Christian, I'm there to watch Matt Hardy, I'm there to watch Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, all of these. I see the Darby Allin match, I see the Jungle Boy match, I see the Orange Cassidy match and I go, "Wow, those dudes are really good." Yeah.
1: You know, if I'm scrolling through the channel and I let's just, you know, I'm not a AEW guy. I'm just flipping through channels and I see Matt Hardy on my TV. Hey, I remember Matt Hardy. Let me see what he's up to these days. What are, what are these guys? Who, who are, who, the guys who are these are guys?
0: Them? Who are the guys they're fighting? What? Hold on! What did that guy just do? Right. You
1: know, that's how you grab people, and you, they can say all day that they are not trying to get new fans. Mm-hmm. They're a television show. You're a television they are absolutely show. trying to attract new people to your show.
0: You have to. You have to. Um and that's how you do it. Now, I thought AEW putting the belt on Jericho was a great idea. I thought it putting it on Mox was a great idea. I even thought it was good putting it on Kenny. Mm-hmm. The next person to have that belt needs to be a quote unquote AEW original. Absolutely. Kenny technically is I mean if you want to call it that, because New Japan, we talked about this earlier. New Japan doesn't have really a big a super big following in the U S
1: we, we talk about, we in, just to to bring all of the listeners in on our conversation earlier, we kind of ranked the, the television shows.
0: Yeah. You kind of have the independence down at the bottom,
1: independence down at the bottom.
0: Then you have, you know, like ROH. Mm-hmm. Then you have, I put TNA and new Japan, even though new Japan is a superior wrestling product. I think yeah. they're kind of on the same level here in America, as far as, TNA has more noticeable people. New Japan has a better in-ring product. Those kind of balance here. Yeah. Then you have AEW because they're still. I mean, they're still only two years old. Yeah. They're still new. Yeah. And then you have WWE. You have it, the the granddaddy, right?
1: And the and the only place where we had any sort sort of disagreement, and the the, the consensus came to. If they had more of a television presence in the United States, New Japan would be on the level of AEW. Yeah. But they don't have that television presence. They're on Axis.
0: Right. Which all of that goes back to the original question of where else are these people supposed to go? Oh. Braun Strowman is not wrestling an independent date. Braun Strowman was released because he was making over a million dollars a year. There are very few independent groups out there, Mm -hmm. one, if they would book him after the comments that he made last year, but two, have the money to attract Braun Strowman, who's still in the prime of his career. Absolutely. You see from time to time, you'll see uh, older wrestlers show up on an independent show. They're either making, you know, hey, it'd be nice to make a couple bucks and get in front of some fans again, something like that, but you're not seeing these major, major names Showing up on independence, really. Yeah,
1: I mean, you you have, when you get kicked out of WWE, you have a couple places you can go. If you're good enough, you can go to New Japan.
0: If you're good enough and you want to move to Japan. There.
1: You have Impact, which is starting to get bloated with former WWE guys.
0: You really have two options. You have Impact you have AEW. Yeah. Because ROH is like super indies. And then you've got
1: NWA for some of them.
0: Some of them but, could work there, but NWA is such a specific style that I don't think the WWE style of wrestling goes to NWA yeah. that well.
1: You got a couple people that can end up there. But let's face it, Billy Corgan... Isn't Vince McMahon. He's not Tony Khan. As much money as he's made from the Smashing Pumpkins songs.
0: He's not a billionaire.
1: He's He, he only can do so much.
0: Yep. He's not a billionaire. Yeah. It is what it is.
1: So. I want to see, selfishly, because I watch AEW more than I do Impact, I want to see Bray in AEW. And I think Bray in AEW with the money that Tony Khan can put behind him for the production value.
0: Could be really cool.
1: Is phenomenal.
0: Um, What I would like to see if he shows up there, people are talking about, oh, he should take over the Dark Order. He should do this. He should do that. No, I don't think he should. I would love to see him feud with the Dark Order. Mm -hmm. I would like to see him come in and say, you know. I exalted your leader, and you guys are now playing cowboy. No, yeah, and he he enters a feud with Hangman, or Uno, or whoever in the Dark Order, and maybe you end up with a split in the Dark Order. You end up with some of them saying, you know, guys, he's right, the Dark Order's dead,
1: and you have the originals. You you have the (laughs) evil Uno the Stu Grayson, maybe throw 10 over there with mm-hmm. them. Just, you know,
0: they split and they go join yeah. Bray and they become something different. Not, they They're don't not join, the they don't join Bray anymore.
1: They don't join Bray. Okay. I think they do their own thing, but Bray is the, the cause of the, the disillusion of, of dark. That's order. fair.
0: And then you have maybe the John Silvers, the Alex Reynolds, five, uh Colt,
1: the guys that are, the guys that are good. But they're comedy good.
0: Yeah. They they're, stay with Hangman. Yeah. Um, you could I could see something like that working. Um I don't like I said though, I don't wanna see or like you said, I guess rather, I don't want to see uh Bray taking over the Dark Order. Because I really just don't want to see anybody leading the Dark Order at that point at this point.
1: Yeah, no. Uh Dark Order is uh evolved beyond the point of a leader, yeah. I think. Um now, another interesting storyline for a, a Wyndham rotunda, I think could be a feud with Matt Hardy. Yeah, that
0: and, could be cool. You know, since they're back in front of fans now. Yeah,
1: so the reason Matt dropped the broken gimmick is because without the fans, the broken gimmick didn't
0: work. Mm-hmm.
1: Fair enough, it is absolutely true. Now that we have fans back, a force like a Bray Wyatt And yes, I'm jumping back and forth between using Wyndham Rotunda and Bray Wyatt. But a Bray Wyatt-like character to pull Matt back and to break Matt.
0: Pulling back into crazy?
1: Yeah. And then Matt gets to do what he wants to do, which is the broken character.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, he loves that broken character. That's why he carried it from Impact to WWE to AEW because just, he loves that character. It just didn't
0: work well without fans.
1: Yeah, it, it had nowhere to go without the fans to yeah. react to. <laughs> look what at me, I'm crazy. To,
0: right. Um so we've we talked a lot about this. Let's talk about a couple other things. John Cena cut a promo at the beginning of SmackDown. I really liked this promo.
1: John is John came back and he's putting on a class on how to cut promos. Yeah. Now he ruins it when he has bro offs.
0: Yeah, that was terrible. But so this promo that he cuts, he comes out and he talks about how Roman Reigns says that he won't fight him because he hasn't changed. And he he says, "So he talks about Stone Cold, he talks about The Rock that, you know, they're always after they became who they were. They were always the they were always Stone Cold, they were always The Rock. Um uh, they didn't change." Then he talks about Reigns Constantly trying to be repetitive and change. And in truth, you're just some stooge named Joe. I really liked that line. Yeah. Um,
1: What really struck out, stuck out to me was when he said, you have to reinvent yourself every two
0: years. Yeah. I'm always me. And like, that was just like, ouch. Yeah. Cause I mean, he went from shield Roman to stuffed on your throat, Roman to, now, heal Roman. Well, shove
1: down your throat, Roman, to I just beat leukemia's ass twice,
0: Roman. Yeah. To heal Roman. heal Roman. Ed. Of course, Baron Corbin, who is killing it with his uh, broke gimmick, which I have an idea. Baron Corbin is pulling off this gimmick because he wants Nick Khan to think that he's not making a lot of money, so he'll save his job. I, I agree. Um, Wholeheartedly. <laughs> He comes out, and he tells John Cena, you know, he's like, look, man, I'm, I'm really down. Can you help me out? Can you put me in a movie? John Cena gives him a $20 bill, and Baron Corbin's like, is this, this is it? Like, he, he gets really mad. John Cena drops him with an attitude adjustment.
1: Yeah, he, he insults John, and John's like, you yeah. know what? I am going to give you something.
0: An attitude, an attitude adjustment.
1: But bam. bam. There you go. And I, that was, all of that was great. And the
0: crowd went nuts for it. The crowd was loving this. Later on, we see John Cena again because we have our contract signing. Uh, Comes out, Rain signs the contract. Finn comes out. Finn's going to sign the contract, and Corbin takes him out.
1: Corbin gets ready to sign the contract.
0: Basically, I'm going to sign the contract. This is how I'm going to make my my mark. Mm This is how I'm going to get back on my feet. Cena comes out, drops Corbin again. Signs the contract. No,
1: no. He doesn't just sign the contract. He pulls out a giant blue Sharpie (laughs) and signs it in blue Sharpie.
0: Yep. And then tosses it to uh, uh, Adam Pearce and leaves. And Roman Reigns is just sitting in the ring like, what the hell just happened? You go backstage. After the commercial break, you see uh, Paul Heyman talking with Adam Pearce, talking with Sonya. That That can't possibly be legal, that's not who the contract's for, blah 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 blah. and Adam Pierce goes, well, I see Roman's name on this contract. And I see John Cena's name on the contract, and well, that makes it official. It's a contract, so that's the match we're going to have at SummerSlam.
1: Was it just me or or did Adam Pierce look like an exasperated school principal? He kind and of smack He always does. <laughs> but like, no, he had glasses on. He kind of had some stubble going. Like, he, he just
0: looked like he's changed his character a little bit. But he just looks like oh, I'm more of a principal guy now. And yeah. Now, there are two other things that I want to talk about real quick on SmackDown. And they're just very quick blips. The first one being uh, Reginald and the 24-7 title. Yeah. How... Does the 24 7 title match end in the DQ with a belt that the rules of the belt are it is always on the line? Always.
1: I think they've kind of dropped that since they, because the 24 7 belt had disappeared.
0: Yeah, it went away. For the most part,
1: it went away. It came back as they came back in front of crowds. Now, I, I did like what they did here with Otis. Yep. Because they made it look like Otis was going to be challenging for the 24-7 title. And it was and Gable. It was Gable. But Otis was like, it's not me. It's him. Yeah. And then he attacks Reggie. So Which is now not, it's not Reginald.
0: Yeah, it's Reggie.
1: It's Reggie. He's I, from Minnesota. And I, he dropped his French accent.
0: I love this line, which Kofi responded on Twitter and said, wait, Reggie's not French? What?
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So, I love this line on, from Bleacher Report on that match. Maybe it's WWE, WWE creative insisting on protecting a character no one cares about, nor has care about, cared about, no matter how much television time is devoted to him. Talking about why we let Reggie go on with the belt. Now, I'll say this. Dude's athletic as hell. Yeah, he's amazing. But, come on. And, and the then, fact
1: that nobody else came out. Okay, I get it. I, I understand because they've done this from the beginning. Where they've set special matches for the twenty four seven title, mm-hmm. and you, you cannot you're protected until this match. While the
0: match is going on, yeah,
1: I, I completely get that part. Why was nobody else coming out after the match?
0: Right to chase down, or yeah. why wasn't uh, Nakas or uh, Tazawa standing at the top of the ramp as when Red, Reggie started backing, backing up. up? Ha ha ha! I get the win. You just see Tazawa walk out of the the thing well, with truth. the ref. Our truth with a ref and roll him up. Yeah. You know. So the other thing I want to talk about on SmackDown, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks makes this big return. She gets this huge face pop when she comes back out. She comes out, she hugs Bianca. The crowd goes the crowd goes nuts over Sasha. Yeah. Then at the end of the show she turns heel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? And the only reason I can think of is they wanted to get that that huge crowd pop. Oh yeah. They on absolutely a face return Sasha. They
1: absolutely wanted that craft. Instead just crap having off. her come out
0: as a heel to start with.
1: Now, I, I have to give Bianca some props because when Sasha hugged Bianca, mm-hmm. Bianca was like, "What?" Yeah. and,
0: and just standing let's, there let's like completely
1: forget.
0: they're like la- they had a feud last.
1: Yeah, the last time that we saw Sha- Sasha, she was losing to Bianca at Mania. Yeah. For, for the, the title. title.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: like I said, you know, like I said earlier, I think I said it when when you talked about it. As soon as she walks out and hug her, I said, she's turning she's on her turning before the end of the yeah. show. And I was shocked. Yeah. I was honestly shocked
0: that she didn't, she didn't turn, turn her, on her that that right promo? then. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> Sasha Banks has to be a heel. That's how she's booked recently. Yeah. It, I like face Sasha. I, I like heel Sasha, but even though she's been gone for a while, heel Sasha is boring. Heel face or heel Seth is boring. Yeah. Do something new with these people. And I say that, yeah, there were, there were people we talked about the undertaker earlier. We've talked about many people that were faces for their whole career or heels for their whole career, but they have kept it exciting. They kept it interesting. Yeah. These are not interesting characters it's boring. It's predictable. It's. I it's, it's just blah. Yeah. Um, now all that said, there's one thing I want to talk. I don't think there's anything special on raw other than, Oh yeah, there is the, the burial of Nikki, Nikki Ash. Yeah. Um, which I really just don't want to talk about. You know, you have Nikki, she comes out, she wins the title last week. Yay. That's awesome. Then she gets just destroyed by, by Charlotte.
1: The only thing that I could see here, and I don't understand why they would do this. I saw a flash of the old Nikki Cross Mm -hmm. following her loss to Charlotte when she kind of went a little bit. Going back to the psycho? Yeah. I don't know why you would put her in this superhero gimmick, which is designed to sell merch. Yeah. And then immediately, immediately drop her back into the psycho gimmick which cool. would work and, and have her just beat Charlotte as the psycho and Charlotte right. just be like back on her heels. Like what just happened? Why did a rabid dog just attack me? But um, you don't do it this soon. It is. It's too soon for that. Nikki has to beat Charlotte next week.
0: Yeah. The problem here is the way it was booked, the way Nikki's been booked here. Yeah. Nikki wins the I like the fact of Nikki went in the briefcase. Really like that. In the way she won the briefcase. The way she won the briefcase. Awesome. But you don't have her cash it in the next night. What you do is you have Nikki talking about how I want to be a superhero. I'm not a superhero yet. She's almost a superhero. Yeah. I don't want to cash this in until I'm a superhero. Then you have Nikki fight Charlotte. She loses. That would be fine. She fights Rhea. She loses. That's still okay. She fights Oscar. Maybe she loses. You know, she goes through losing several matches, and she's got her briefcases, and she's you know she's you know every time she loses, she's like you know I'm learning something new. I'm 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 picking up you know good things. Yeah. You know she never gets down. She never surrenders. Right. Role model. No matter how many times you fail, keep going. Which we saw that break. Uh, We saw that break this week on Raw. Yeah. So then she starts winning. Yeah. And she went. Have her win. She's got until WrestleMania to cash in. Yeah. She keeps winning. She keeps winning. She keeps winning. At Rumble, she finally decides, I'm ready. I'm going to be a superhero. And she cashes in at Rumble. And she does it like... Cena's done in the past. I'm calling my shot. Yeah, I'm not gonna run in and cash in like an opportunistic heel. I challenge insert whoever title here, and she wins at Rumble. She declares herself. I'm not an, I'm not almost a superhero anymore. I am a superhero. The crowd goes crazy. Then whoever wins the Rumble becomes her. You have them be have them be a, them be a, a heel. Becomes Nikki's super villain. Yeah. There you go. Done. Instead, we hot shot the title onto her, and then you lose to Charlotte. The in, next a, week. in a very convincing way.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, because Charlotte has to be protected.
0: Yeah. She has to be protected. So, yeah. It, She's the golden goose. I hated it. I hated all of that. Yeah. Uh, and that's really the only thing that was worth anything on Raw. Um, now let's talk about NXT. Okay. Uh, one of the main things that I really want to talk about was just Joe. Yeah. So, so Samoa Joe comes down, mm-hmm. calls out carrying cross. Then he calls out William Regal.
1: No, he don't even think he called out carrying cross. He said
0: he called out Regal. That's right. He, he's,
1: he told, said cross. I know you're not man enough to be here. That's right. So yeah. William Regal, would you please join me in the ring?
0: And he says, and I loved this because this is Joe and just the way he delivered it.
1: Let me let me set the yeah. stage real quick though. When Joe walked out, he didn't just get in the ring and and grab the microphone. No. Joe lifts up the ring apron, pulls out the smallest pitiful little folding plastic table, mm-hmm. throws it in the ring. Grabs a, one chair, throws the chair in the ring. Yep. Then gets in, sets the table up, sets the chair up. And then calls out Regal. Yes. Now I shall turn it back over to you.
0: Regal comes out. Joe says, I have a solution to fix the problem of carrying cross. Three easy steps. Mm-hmm. Step one, and he hands Regal something and goes, this is my resignation as an official for NXT. And the crowd kind of. <sighs> Step two, and he flips over another piece of paper. This is me petitioning for you to reinstate me as an NXT competitor, which, which Regal, Regal does. immediately signs. Mm-hmm. Step three, I demand a title shot versus Karrion Cross at the next takeover. And Regal goes, Regal doesn't say a word or any of this. He signs that piece of paper. Joe says, Thank you, and walks off. Yeah,
1: after he signs, Regal does say some stuff, yeah. but not on the microphone.
0: Yeah. He just says he just it, to it to Joe. He says it
1: to Joe. Perfect segment. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. From Joe setting up the title yep. contract signing, you know, the, the contract signing with this pitiful little plastic table and the folding yep. chair and everything was perfect. Joe being the only one to speak on the microphone the entire time mm-hmm. and walk everybody through it and
0: Regal being like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, this is it. This is the solution I was looking for. And in NXT, let's be fair here, Karrion Cross has run through everybody. Yeah. They really want to bring Karrion Cross up to Raw. He's been on Raw the past couple of nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he lost to Hardy, apparently that was supposed to be a continued thing, but Hardy got COVID and it kind of screwed that up, which is why they just hot-shotted him in with Keith Lee. And, oh, by the way, you beat Keith Lee. Uh, even though they talked about it like they'd never seen each other. Um, That's because NXT, NXT doesn't NXT exist. exist. Um this is how you get the belt off a of cross. This is how you put it on a very dominant person that isn't Adam Cole, that isn't Gargano. You know that we we haven't seen in a while. Joe yeah. hadn't held this belt in a long time. Now we have a legit badass mm-hmm. that is your champion, and I'd love to see Joe be that. You know, I don't care who you are. Step up. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Let's see Joe as a face, but oh. a heelish
0: face. A heelish face. A tweener. That, yeah.
1: That say, look, like you said, I don't care who you are. You want some? Come get I will, some.
0: I will make anybody on this roster go night, night. Done. Um,
1: can you imagine if AEW had gotten Joe, Bryan, Punk,
0: Black, Jesus? You and know, basically, if AEW was Heyday NXT plus CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, yeah. Yeah, that that would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, Triple
1: H, to to step back to what we discussed earlier, Triple H understood the difference maker that is Samoa Joe. Yeah. And if you go back and you read some of what Joe talked about, he said Triple H sent him a text as soon as he like right after he was released. Hey, I just heard I'm in a meeting. Give me a few. Yeah. And immediately got on the phone and found a deal for him.
0: Yeah, exactly. To bring
1: him back in, because he knew Samoa Joe
0: is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. He was in TNA. Yeah. Uh, when he came to WWE, Samoa Joe is that guy. Now, he's prone to injury. Uh, he's in his early 40s now. But he is still... Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe is scary.
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing. I was reading something Joe talked about the other day, Uh where he was talking about his path to being cleared to wrestle again, he said, "I, when I got went out with the the second injury, because he went out, he came back and then was immediately injured again." Right. He said, "My focus was not on getting back to the ring. My focus was on getting healthy. What did that look like? What does yeah. that mean? Now, once I got back healthy, once I got back to a hundred percent, now what does it look like if I go back to the ring?"
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Which I think is a super healthy mindset for somebody of really Joe's is. generation, because Joe is the last of that
0: generation. He's, He's in the, the last of those wrestle with a broken neck.
1: Yeah. You, you, know? you, you wrestle no matter what, which by the way, uh, props to Simone Biles. Absolutely. And, uh, the United States, uh, Olympic team gymnast for realizing that her mind wasn't right mm-hmm. and saying, I'm not going to permanently injure myself or kill myself or kill myself for a medal in a, a sport competition.
0: For a gold-plated piece of steel?
1: Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people calling her a quitter, calling her this and that. Guys, we've got to destigmatize mental health in this country.
0: Her, and personally, the and, people that are calling her a quitter, I would like to see them do half of what she does. Yeah. Um,
1: this this is a woman who is legitimately the best gymnastic Possibly ever. Ever to to date.
0: This is a and woman who was told, hey, the stuff you do is too difficult. If you do it, we won't score you because it's not fair to anybody else.
1: Which means that she has to be perfect on the stuff that is not
0: difficult. Right.
1: And she was told that a month before the Olympics. Personally, her even showing up. Right. I think is is... You know, it shows her her mental fortitude, but her realizing, "Hey, this isn't right. I don't need to be doing this." Well, she released that a, is what to and, me. She's a champion,
0: right? And then yeah, and there. this is some, this is some serious tangent stuff, but she released some videos of her training, and she's showing herself on the uneven bars. Uh, she showed herself on uh, the balance beam, and there was one other thing she showed, and she's doing these twists and flips. And, like, she's not hitting any of them. She's landing on her back. She's landing on her neck. She's Mm -hmm. landing on her legs. She's over-rotating. She's just not hitting them. Because she practiced this one routine for the last 10 years to have it perfect. And now, a month before this thing, she's told, oh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know.
1: Or you can do it, hey. But hey, we're not going to sc- we're not going to give you the difficulty points right. that you get for that.
0: Hey, Mark McGuire, I know you're a, a massive home run hitter from right hand, um, but that's not fair to anybody else. You have to bat left handed now. Of course, we, so was taking we, PEDs. But you do know, we really want
1: to talk? Compare first name, her to Mark McGuire.
0: First thing that just really came up. <laughs> insert, hey, Tom Brady.
1: Okay, I will give you. T-
0: I, I will let you get okay. away with Tom. Brady. Hey, I'm Tom not going to let
1: you compare her to Mark McGuire.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Hey Tom Brady, you're a right-handed quarterback. That's not, and you're you're the goat. It's not fair to anybody else. You have to shoot. You have to throw with your left hand. Hey Michael Jordan, yeah, you know, no, you can't you can't run anymore. You know that kind of thing.
1: We we talked about this Wednesday night, and then I'm going to circle back to Joe. I, I promise I'm going to circle back to Joe. But <laughs> there was the Russian um, yeah, gymnast that you were 80s. telling me about the other night from the '80s who broke her leg, mm-hmm. was healed, but not hundred percent. And the gymnast, the coaches, put pressure on the doctors to clear her to compete. She knew she wasn't ready. The doctors knew she wasn't ready. But it was so important for them that they get this steel-plated gold medal or this mm-hmm. gold-plated steel medal, whatever right. it is.
0: <laughs> steel-plated um, gold medal.
1: <laughs> that they sent this woman out to do gymnastics where you need to be at 100%. And she went, did a move missed landed on her chin broke her neck and this woman who what's the average life expectancy for a woman these days 80, 70, 78 80, 70 years on. she died at 49
0: she was a quadriplegic from she was a quadriplegic from that point, from until that point until forward death.
1: so a world class athlete mm. is a quadriplegic because her mind and her body wasn't in the right place
0: because some old white dude was like hey you have to go do this for your country
1: That is completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. And so thank you, Simone, for taking care of your body. And that circles us back to Joe Mm -hmm. and understanding that he could maybe have come back earlier, but he would have been at 60, 70 percent. He
0: understood what he was up for.
1: He understood, hey, I need to get right.
0: Yep.
1: I need to heal and then i need to okay now that i am healed what does it look like for me to get back in the ring and should i get back in the ring yeah and now that he's come to terms with whatever that is whatever precautions he has to take is it a uh, a situation like with daniel bryan where they need to give him the concussion protocols after every match right, right. i don't i don't know but He's figured out what he needs to do for him to be ready to perform the way he's performing.
0: Uh, the only other thing I kind of really want to hit on NXT was we've already hit on SmackDown. Uh, we had an, an inevitable betrayal,
1: but uh, with, with the the difference between Dakota, the build, you mean? Is we've been sitting and when is Dakota going to turn on Raquel? When is Dakota going to return? Now, I watched this with Caitlin. She loves Raquel. She has, okay, not, she's still new. she has not watched wrestling a whole lot. So I knew from the moment this promo started.
0: This is when it's going to happen.
1: This is when it's going to happen. Caitlin didn't.
0: Yeah. So when it and happened, it, I'm sure she was it shocked. Was, it
1: was a shock. Now, I had told her. I said, this is Dakota's going to turn. But they did this one. So well, they've built Raquel for so long mm-hmm. and Raquel and Dakota together for so long. And we've been like, when's Dakota going to turn on her? When's Dakota going to turn on her? And there's been a couple times where it's like, oh, it's about. No, they didn't. No, they, they didn't. didn't pull the trigger. This was the way you do it. Yeah. You don't bring somebody back and turn them in the same night, uh-huh. especially when they get the pop that Sasha Banks got
0: would have been they could have held off until SummerSlam to turn Sasha. If they really wanted to make her heal, they yeah. could have held off till SummerSlam. And it would have been infinitely better. Yeah. But they didn't. So AEW. We we got there wasn't a whole lot that happened on AEW. There's two major points that I want to hit. And if there's anything else you want of yeah. course, you know. The Dark Order versus Elite is one of the points that I would like to hit. Okay. And the Trials of Jericho. Okay. Everything else on AEW was kind of holding pattern. Yeah. I felt like. Okay. Um so let's start with the dark order versus elite. The dark order loses. Hangman loses.
1: Now, best entrances of the week.
0: Oh, by far. Loved did, the entrances. I, I know you and, I know you missed, I it, missed it live. Here, did did you But I went back and watched them best interests of the week. So, both of them were great.
1: Dark order has this whole pre-filmed segment where they're standing out on a ranch somewhere and the shadow behind them all has cowboy hats on and you've got some guy talking in a cowboy accent. I f- still feel like they should have got Sam Elliott. Right. But <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Um uh, they they do the whole thing, their music starts playing and you see the lights pop all over the place and then finally the light pops up and you got hangman in the middle.
0: All uh, in Hang- purple bandanas. Yeah,
1: this is Hangman's full on joining the Dark Order i i think it is is truly what I believe here, and then you have the elite, yeah, they came out like
0: <laughs> they came
1: out dressed like the looney Tunes from space jam.
0: they had a basketball ring on they, <laughs> yeah, basketball hoop, not ring
1: they didn't walk out to be elite the yeah. elite no, they walked out to like the space jam music the the, yes. the 90s uh, yep. uh i don't even know what to call it <laughs> they so they walk out they run drills on a basketball goal yep it was amazing it was cocky as hell they should have
0: lost yeah they should have um but that goes back to what we've talked about several times the elite is other than that entrance which i thought was really really cool the elite is uninteresting to me anymore but yeah. well, anytime in, any of the members of elite are on tv in a ring they're going to win that is not compelling at all no
1: and and i think that this comes down to the fact that and the rumors came out this week is AEW changing direction because they've signed CM Punk and Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, and and I've I've seen the rumor about, you know, are they changing the main event? Is Hangman not going to challenge Kenny? Which, to me... Hangman... This is where it bothers me, the whole... Hangman has lost every match that he's been in against the Elite. This had no weight to it. Like, WrestleMath. You know, Steven Larson talk about that from time to time. If... Hangman lost here, but he hadn't consistently lost to the elite in the past, I would buy the math of, okay, this definitely means Hangman is probably going to go over. Then you start hearing these rumors about the fact that, okay, they've signed Punk, they've signed Daniel Bryan, they're going to shift away from Hangman, they're going to one of them. (sighs) But
1: here's the thing, though. They had put the stipulation, now this is wrestling, we can ignore stipulations. But they had put a stipulation on this match: Hangman can't challenge Kenny for the title. Yeah, because he had to win. The Dark Order can't challenge uh, the, the, the Young Bucks. Bucks
0: for the title because they had to win. Because they had to win, and now they they lost. Won. So this was this was it was very poor, terrible. Poor, poor, poor booking. Oh, and the crowd! Dear God, the crowd! When this, this happened, was the opening match, the and opening the crowd match. was dead. The crowd was making no noise when when Dark Order Heyman lost. There was no booze. There was no cheers. It's just there was dead. a dead crowd, and it and the wasn't cro- the crowd because later on in the night, Britt Baker does it cuts a promo in the back, and the crowd erupts. Yeah, now, um, the crowd is on fire during the during match. the
1: match when when so it gets down. It's an elimination match, and it gets down to
0: it was Heyman. Hangman uh, versus Kenny and the Bucks. In
1: the Bucks. And Hangman gets a run. He's on fire. The crowd is just on fire behind Hangman 100%. We've talked about this off air. We've mentioned it on air before. Tony Khan needs to get control of the booking. Yes. And he needs to bring in somebody like a Dutch Mantel like a Kevin Sullivan, somebody who understands booking, understands wrestling, but is not an active member of their roster. Even
0: even if you don't want to go with one of the old school bookers, you could go with one of the newer ones. You could get like a Kurt Angle, which there's rumors that he might be showing up.
1: Well, and and this is why I'm saying somebody like, I'm not saying that it needs to be Dutch. I'm not saying that it needs to be Kevin Sullivan. God knows Sullivan is 20 years past his prime, but... They need somebody, need somebody like that. Even okay, even if you don't hand them the book, you have you have them as a uh, an a. Uh, uh, you
0: have Dean Malenko as a backstage producer. You have Dean Malenko. You have Arn Anderson. You have Arn Anderson. You have Tully.
1: You're you're gonna tell me that these guys? You got Jim Ross. Yeah, you've got Jim Ross sitting there doing what Jim Ross is doing on commentary. And you guys aren't running booking by them and saying, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about this? How do you
0: think this would work?
1: AEW needs a Pat Patterson. Yeah. You go back and you listen to any of the interviews for anybody who has wrestled for WWE in the last 30 years. Who's the man that they went to when they had questions or they wanted to run Mm -hmm. ideas? It was Pat Patterson.
0: Yep. And he would call them stupid.
1: And he would, and, and he would talk to them and walk them through. Okay. Yep. That's good. But,
0: but what why? about
1: this or yeah. why? And they'd be like, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. AEW needs somebody
0: to do yeah. that. Um, So that's really the first thing. And again, that was the, that was the very first match and it sucked all the air out of it. Mm-hmm. The show got back on track. Then you have the final match, Jericho versus Nick Gage. Death match. That was a really good death match. Mm-hmm. You know, it showed the world, it basically showed the world, quote unquote world, what Nick Gage is capable of. Now, he, people can make their arguments about, you know, he was a bank robber, he went to jail, he blah 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 blah, all this kind of stuff whatever. Um the match was really good. But then MJF comes out all right, you got past the second trial. So the third trial, you're gonna wrestle Juventud Guerrero, which hey, I like Hoovy. Yeah, who does like, doesn't like I Hoovy? I like Hoovy in the, in 2001, 20 years
1: ago. Now I will like I do like the way that MJF talked about it
0: and the the stipulation that Jericho has to hit an off the top rope move on him to win. Uh we're, we're trying to kill a 50 year old Jericho. Like, I don't get it. I don't get the booking sense. I don't get the stipulation here. You just had a death match versus the king of death matches. Yeah. And then your next step is, uh, you got to hit a top rope move on a an old wrestler.
1: So the whole idea here is that MJF listened to...
0: I, I did like Jericho. the callback. I did the, like the, the
1: callback. The to the earlier promo where, you know, Jericho was whooping to Guerrero all over the place before MJF was, you know, doing whatever MJF yeah. does.
0: And and MJF said who, and uh, Jericho told him to Google it. And he's like, I did. So, so I did. And,
1: and you're going to get to next week. I, 20 years ago, Hands down, I'm I'm there for that match.
0: That match has no significance to me at all. Nah. Your first match was versus Sean Spears. Okay, that's your your warm up match. That's your.
1: It makes sense. Sean is part of your crew. You know cool. That. Here we go.
0: You wanted to do the death match versus Nick Gage. That should have been four. Yeah, that should have been the last one before you fight MJF as a. You know what, Chris? You've you've beaten the first three. I really don't care if you win this one or not, because even if you do win, you're going to be missing limbs. Yeah. To fight me. That's where that death match goes. The death match doesn't go as number two. Yeah. You don't put the world title in a flaming hell in a cell as your second match on the card.
1: I don't Have you seen WWE lately? Uh, that's why I say you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the death match, like you said. I thought the match was really cool. The match was great. You, you have Nick Gage cutting Jericho with a pizza cutter and then immediately a, going to a Domino's commercial.
0: It was a picture in picture-in-picture, wasn't it?
1: Maybe. Uh, it was <laughs> bad Domino's timing. was mad. <laughs> Domino's was mad. Apparently, WWE has been calling reporters trying to get them to pick up on it. Mm -hmm. Because as much as Vince will say, they're not WCW, they're they're not competition. competition, Yeah, they are. They are competition. And WWE, especially with the announcement of CM Punk, with the announcement of Daniel Bryan, assuming that they are, and I'm just... Yeah. As we said at the start of the show, we'll believe CM Punk's there when CM Punk actually locks up in a match. Exactly. Assuming that those announcements are real, or that those spoilers are real. They are absolutely competition. Exactly. And they're not just competition. They're a threat
0: now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They're a threat. And Daniel Bryan was one of the hottest things that WWE had going not five years ago.
1: Even when he came back two years ago, three years mm-hmm. ago now, however long it's been. And up until the time eight he was gone.
0: Ago. I guess eight years ago, because it was WrestleMania 30. Yeah, it's
1: insane how much time is yeah. passing.
0: But you look at all of this, yeah.
1: You, and and even Daniel Bryan was top of the card just a few months ago.
0: Yeah, he was wrestling Roman Reigns. Yeah, in Roman's heel mode. So we're not talking less than a year.
1: You know. Okay, so let's see him Punk eight years ago. Last time we saw him in a wrestling ring. Okay, you know. Hunk comes with his own issues, his own
0: problems. He also comes with his own his own name recognition for any wrestling Absolutely. fans. Because Absolutely. Let's be fair here. The Pipe Bomb promo is probably one of the first, uh, and I'm going to have to clarify this, but it's probably one of the first peek-behind-the-curtain promos that was ever done on televised wrestling with WWE mm-hmm. for the modern era. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there were ones that I don't remember in, like, the Attitude Era. You have the, of course, you have the curtain call incident, you know, stuff like that. But that promo that he cut was a game-changer promo for promos. Without that, you don't have the promo that that John Cena cut Friday. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Without that, you don't really have Roman coming out and saying, my real name's Joe.
0: Yeah, you don't. And I've got have, leukemia. You don't have these behind the curtain things that opened that door as wide, in my personal opinion, as Vince when he had to admit that eh, wrestling's not really a sport because he was about to get nailed by steroid use and all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah, um, that promo did a very similar thing to the Next Generation. Of wrestling fans.
1: Speaking of Vince and about to get nailed for steroid use and all that. I had to clarify that. I did have to clarify (laughs) that. Um, WWE is partnered with a television studio, television production studio to develop the people vs. Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah, I saw that. And from everything that I've read about it, it is a very, very, very pro WWE. Of course it is. Uh, Vince did nothing wrong. Uh, It was a witch hunt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I
1: really want the guys from dark side of the ring
0: to do it up, to do their version, the to, real version, to do <laughs> the real
1: version and, and release it simultaneously.
0: Kind of like what they did. Kind of like what the ultimate warrior things did. Yeah. Where uh, WWE released their inner, their uh, look Legends back on whatever series yeah. on, on ultimate warrior. And it was very, it was mostly positive they did mention a few of the negative things in there. And then dark side was just like, yeah, this dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was yeah.
1: For, for everything that, you know, positive thing that he ever did. He was a piece of,
0: but the thing is too, I, I did like how Jake Roberts kind of closed out the dark side one. I think He was on the dark side one where he closed it out and and said, you know, I was ready to kill him when I saw him. And the last time I saw him was at the the Hall of Fame induction, and he apologized to me. He said he was sorry. He said, you know, I hate how things happen. I hate how stuff went through. He's like, and I was like, I can't, I can't kill the guy now, you know? Yeah. And then like three days later, he's dead.
1: Well, and and he apparently was doing a lot of that, going up to people and apologizing. Yeah. You know, I think it was. Hogan and Warrior, they were told not to go anywhere near each other. Yeah. And just by circumstance, they happened to be at the same place, and they both apologized. Yeah. And... and I mean, we, we've got to be willing to give people that opportunity. Otherwise, what's the point?
0: You have to... Everybody um, has to be given the, the chance to show that they're a different person. Yeah. At least once.
1: Yeah. And... But... Warrior had a lot. And there's a ton of people. Some people he never even met from what he was when he was blogging online and stuff.
0: He had a lot of very problematic stuff that he has said. Very problematic
1: statements that he made over his 50, 60 years of life. And he he really was a problematic person. Mm -hmm. But he looked. Towards the end of his life, like he was starting to...
0: At least in some respects. In some
1: respects. He looked like he was starting to try to make amends. But... Ugh. To get back to the people versus Vince McMahon... Right. I really want the dark side of the ring people yeah, to dude, just... That would be so awesome. Do it and do it like it should be done. Because WWE is not...
0: They're At they're least not now.
1: At least not tell, now. They're At not going to tell, tell the whole story. They're not going to tell any in any way, shape, or form that makes Vince McMahon in a bad light. Now, twenty years from now, when Vince is dead, and Stephanie and Triple H aren't on the board anymore or active in the the leadership of the company,
0: mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, but not until then.
1: But not until then. And twenty years from
0: now, when Vince is dead, I know. He'd be I'm, 96. He'll, he'll still be alive. He is a billionaire. Yeah, they, they do tend to live he's, longer. He's drinking Cuban baby blood like uh, Walt Disney.
1: Anything else wrestling related you want to talk about?
0: Not that I can think of. Really and truly.
1: All right. Well, guys, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, uh, go check our friends out at Rogues Cast Radio. Uh, I know they're on Spotify. I think they're on uh, iHeartRadio.
0: I think they're on Apple now too.
1: They might be on Apple now too. If they are great. Cause then I can put them in my preferred app, right. but uh, <laughs> go check them out. Uh, listen to them. They talk about all things nerdy and great. They're uh, friends that we've mentioned on here before, like Jay, um, Jody, uh, Logan, they put out a great podcast. Go give them a listen. Um, we're starting. I, you know, it's not official, but it's almost like the <laughs> the little McNarb podcasting. You Network. know, yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Give them a listen. It's it's great content.
0: It's it's just nerd stuff. Yeah, uh, Pokemon, Magic, D anD D, video games, movies, Warhammer movies, all that kind of stuff. Um, which is conveniently enough for the most part, what I just mentioned, minus the movies and the the video games. You can get at NARB Gaming, which we'd like to thank them for, of course, letting us use our studio. Um, you can go get board games, Magic Cards, Pokemon <laughs> cards, uh, Warhammer, any of that kind of stuff. You can grab it over there from them.
1: And then once you're done picking up your board games, Magic Cards, Pokemon, whatever it is that you came to pick up, head on over to Big Dog Liquor. They are the place where we get most of our liquor for the show. And if they don't have it, he can probably get a hold of it for you. Yep. So...
0: All that said, next week. Next week.
1: Cheers. Cheers.